you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Now we're live. Good morning, Daniel. How you doing? Good morning, sir. Good. How are All you? Right. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So we're we're on the opposite ends of the uh, of the states, right? So you're out in Georgia. Right? I am in California. Yeah, and, uh, we are in the uh, in the middle of a heat wave. I don't know what you guys always have a heat wave out there, but you got this muggy heatness that goes along with it. We're pretty hot out here in uh, California right now, so it's been. Um, it's been a hot one, so I'm sure it's the same out there, correct? You guys getting any rain or anything like that out there? Yeah, it's been storming the last few days. Uh, I think it's actually hotter uh, where you're at than it is down here right now, so it's, uh, it doesn't happen too often. That's right. Looks like we've already got quite a few people on. It was JD's on and saying hi to you. What's up, JD? And so got quite a few people already listening so before uh, before we get going, let me introduce you. This is uh, Daniel Pearson, Clay Pearson's oldest boy, and uh, known him since he was, I don't know, since you were you did, were you born when I first got to see you, or did were you born too? I know that. I know you, uh, you knew my parents before I was born, of course, but I'm sure you uh, met me as yeah. a baby. <laughs> yeah. So which is unique is that your brother and my son Dave, uh, my son Daniel, and your brother David have the same birthday. <laughs> right they they share a birthday and uh so i do remember when when he was definitely when he was born and i remember uh when you lost your your one brother too so it's been uh it's been it's been a roller coaster but that's how we met and so now i get to talk to daniel as a young man i i was looking forward to this i was telling you right before we came live is uh i always look forward you're how old are you now daniel 26 you're 26 so michael just turned 30 Wow. And um, so now, you know, kids that I've known in the martial arts since you've grown up and now you guys are married young with, you know, starting starting a life of your own with with your own wives. And now I get to kind of uh, talk to you guys about, you know, what you grew up in is as a young guy and get your perspective now as, as you have your own schools. So this is uh, so with no further ado, Daniel, I'm going to go ahead and let you take over the mic for a second. Once you introduce yourself, where the school is, you do and and. Uh, and where you live and et cetera, and your wife's name. Well, yeah, thank you, sir. So yeah, my name is Daniel Pearson, as you mentioned, and uh, I have been training in the martial arts since I was about three years old. I'm sure I, I got into it a little bit earlier, just watching it and uh, trying to emulate what I saw the people around me do. But for most of my life, um, you know, my parents have run a martial arts school and I've never stopped training since I began. Um, I've, I've always enjoyed it. And 
even when I was younger and uh, was just on the mat because I was at the school, I always had fun on the mat. Um, I never pictured myself running a martial arts school when I got older, but uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, your your destiny chooses you, I guess. And uh, I definitely have uh, have got a lot of joy from uh, being able to share what I've learned through the martial arts. And uh, it's been it's been an awesome journey. I've got to meet a lot of great people along the way. So I've been married for about two years now. It'll be two years this month. And uh, my wife's name is Katie Pearson. And uh, it's definitely been a been a change in the lifestyle a little bit, but uh, it's been a great ride so far. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm fortunate to have a, a strong family, a strong support system, and we have a lot of great families within our schools um, that we've grown close with over the years down here in Georgia. Yeah, that's good. It's 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 good. Uh, life of a martial arts school owner is is uh, is taxing on a marriage for sure. I tell every every person that's going to do that that know what you're getting into. Make sure your wife is on board and uh, and because we work when everybody else is getting off work. It's just kind of the right. way the, the you know it stumbles. So this is what I want to get into real quick. Just going to talk about that a little quick because you you mentioned something right before the we went live and you talked about how, you know, you much more appreciate the martial arts today and you were kind of forced to do it back in the day. Let's talk about that a little bit, what that looks like as a young guy. Uh, well, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't say I was forced. My parents always gave me the choice to, uh, to not participate in class when I was there. But, um, you know, I was just in the martial arts environment for, uh, my entire life from every, everything that I can remember at least. And, uh, at first, you know, it was something that I that I just did for fun. I just did when I was there. But I think when I turned about uh, 14 or 15, I started to take it a little bit more seriously. And by that point, um, I was already a second degree black belt. So I was, um, you know, I was already assisting on the mat and uh, I, I was involved in the instruction part. But, um, you know, I think that the, the real benefit that I have gained from martial arts is is perspective and mindset. Um, I, I feel like training in martial arts has really molded my mind in a, in a whole different way than, you know, even my education in school. And that, that I think, is what I'm most grateful for. You know, the self-defense part is awesome and so necessary. I think everybody needs it. But the, uh, the mental aspect of martial arts is uh, what's really helped me the most. So, you know, Daniel, as, as you know, you kind of grew up in a stage where, um, so I trained your dad. And uh, I was, you know, your dad back in the day, he was a force to be reckoned with on the mat. Matter of fact, I was probably one of the only ones that could even fight your father back in the day. You know what I mean? He was, as a, as a young guy, he was, uh, you know, well, you know, you probably got knocked out by him. He's a little bit yeah. heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit heavy-handed. and But he's always in control, at least is what he says. Um, so you you grew up in a very different martial arts uh you know, I, I want to get your perspective on what it was like as a kid being underneath somebody like your father and myself. I mean, we were, you know, I, I say stuff about your dad, but I was a pretty hardcore instructor myself. And, you know, I'm pretty no nonsense and you'll you'll probably even get it today. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I, you know, I expect uh, a certain decorum, you know, when I'm when when it comes to martial arts and, and the loyalty and respect thing what was it like as a kid being underneath men such as myself and your father? What, what, what did that, what did that look to you? Was it a fear thing? Was it, tell me, tell me your perspective. I'd like to know that. 
Um, I don't think it was ever a fear thing. You know, I, I guess the way I was raised, um, we, we had a lot of structure and, you know, martial arts was definitely a part of that. But, but being around people like you and my father at a young age, it um, gave me it gave me something to look up to, something like uh, to, to try and accomplish. Right. So, um, you know, I, I always enjoyed when like if you would come to town, come to Georgia, I always enjoyed going out to dinner and spending time with you when you were in town, because, uh, you know, I always, I always looked up to you and um, and to what you had accomplished and not just in the martial arts, but, you know, your, your strong mindset. And, uh, you know, I think that the loyalty and the respect in, in martial arts, it, it is somewhat um, traditional, but I think it's important. And I think that, uh, you know, too, too often these days we kind of throw tradition to the wind, but the, the, the structure and the hierarchy in place is, is there for a reason. And I think like it, it has definitely, um, it's definitely helped me. It's been a good thing in my life. You know, I, I, some people don't respond well to that pressure. They uh, shut down when there's uh, when there's strong authority, but I, I don't have that experience. You know, I kind of, I kind of have learned to understand how to uh, how to properly carry myself in that environment, and it's helped me in, in the world too, not just in martial arts. So let so let me ask you this: you know now now you you're running your own school now, right? And I don't know, I'm I'm sure you didn't think about that's what you were going to do when you were when you were younger, and I'm not really sure how it came about. It, it, was there a decision to be made? Hey, we have this other opportunity, and if we're going to take the opportunity. Daniel, you're not going to need to step up and you're going to have to be the one that runs the school. Was that pretty much how it went down? Yeah, at the time, um, you know, I was working, I was working multiple jobs. I think I was working three jobs at the time and I was teaching in States for a few days a week, but I wasn't um, plugged in and, and helping like the day-to-day -day operations in the school. And uh, I, I ended up teaching a summer camp for the Bryan County school system in, in Richmond Hill. And after I did the summer camp, they uh, the kids kept asking me like how they could progress, how they could continue in martial arts. And there were a few schools around in the area, um, but there wasn't any program that had a serious self-defense outlook. And, uh, you know, it was like uh, ATA schools in the area. And I think there was some some BJJ, but there was nothing really to to help the kids learn real self-defense. And we had parents contacting us and asking us where they could continue training. We had always, uh, you know, talked about the idea of opening up a second location, but I, originally I wasn't going to be the one to run it, you know? And uh, over time, I just decided that instead of uh, wasting my time working for someone else and having to, uh, to, to change like who I am to work under somebody, I, I felt like even if it was risky for me to go out on my own and open up the karate school, I felt more comfortable doing that than, um, you know, just working a normal job. And uh, you know, there's definitely sacrifices that are made when you're running a business. And I didn't, uh, I didn't really understand that when I stepped into it, but, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's helped me to, uh, to really, uh, grow into a better person. You know, I feel like business, just like martial arts, there's, there's growth that comes from it and, uh, it, it helps you to, uh, to accomplish more in the future. Right. Well, I think you have a much more a better appreciation for what, you know, we do as, you know, as entrepreneurs i i agree with you 100 percent, and i've told my my own children this and i and and i stand by this today if you have an employee's mindset that's exactly what you're going to be as an employee if you have a, a, a uh an owner's mindset it's a different it's a different ball game altogether and and uh you know though you don't have the pressures you also don't have the freedoms 
you know, I often, I laugh about it quite often. I say, I tell everybody I'll work 60 hours a week, so I don't have to work in nine to five. And, uh, you know, that's just been just what I do for, for as long as I can remember, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur minded guy that, you know, I want to be able to set, I want to be the boss. I guess that's more like what it is. You know, I want to be the leader and I want to be able to produce leaders. And that's, you know, that's where I'm at in my life at this, at this particular cycle is watching all you guys kind of, you're, you would be a great grandfather of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grandpa to your dad and I'm great grandpa <laughs> to your students. Right. So as we, as I watch last time I was there, I was watching you, uh, dad wasn't there and he had to leave, you know, he had to leave on an airplane. And so I saw you step up to the plate and do the, you know, tying on belts and tying on the, the students belts there. And as you can, as you continue adding on and dad was able to leave you in and, you know, in knowing that he had a capable son, that's going to be able to, you know, tie belts on and stuff like that. So it's been an awesome thing to watch you progress into your own school owner, your own man and stuff like that. I, I, you know, I've always, you don't get to hear me so much, give you so many compliments. Cause I'm not, uh, you know how it is. I mean, if you get a compliment from me, it's, it's pretty well earned. It's not, I, I don't give them out too much. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And, uh, so, and that's, I think that's with the segue that I want to, um, uh, to talk about, right. And this is another, uh, somebody here, blessings, brother. So glad you to be connected to you all. This is young Arthur smith you can say hi to him so let me ask you this so when what i want to know you know i want to have some real talk on about what you saw in a martial arts school that you said you said this is what i want to do this is what i want to follow this is what i want to change what did you see and i and i'll tell you one thing that i'll tell you that what michael came to me and talked to me about one time and then i want you to be super real on what because I, I like to hear you guys young guys perspective on on it on what it is so michael came to me one time and said goes look dad i've watched you do this martial arts thing my whole life and i've seen it just the hours that you spend doing this uh i want to i want to have a you know run the school and and do what you do but i also want a, a life with my wife i want a vacation and because we didn't do a lot of vacations, you know, being a single dad and stuff like that and me having to take care of all the kids and Bo and everybody else, it wasn't vacation time for me. And anytime I go on vacation, even when I go out there, you guys, I'm usually working. Right. So I'll, I'll be a week out in Georgia, but two or three of the days are me doing seminars and working. And so this has just been me. And this is one thing he said. He goes, I do not want that um, for me. I, I, I want to be able to have a vacation. And, and, and have these downtimes, but I want to have this successful business. This is what he, this was a real talk that he had with me one time. And so give me your perspective on what you saw growing up, what you took good from, from what you saw and what you wanted to change in your own school or what you have done different than, than dad nor I. So I guess, you know, growing up, my experience was very similar to Michael's. My parents were always in the karate school and, um, I, my dad more so than my mom, you know, my, my dad was always working and it, it was, it was great to be there together with him most of the time when he was working, but it definitely takes a, a lot of your attention. And I think when you have a, a certain personality type, like you and my father, both are very driven and, and focused. 
And I think, uh, you know, you tend to hyper-focus on, uh, on the thing of most importance, right? So the, the business takes charge and, you know, that not, not saying that everything else falls to the wayside, but, you know, everything gets structured around the business. And, you know, there were, there were times when I was growing up where I, I hated the fact that my dad didn't work a normal job because, uh, you know, my, my schedule wasn't the same as my friends or whatever, or I couldn't um, do some extracurriculars at school sometimes. But, I, I, you know, I realized that that time that we got together when my, my parents had me at the karate school, um, you know, that, that's not time that I would really ever get in a normal situation with my family. I wouldn't be able to go, to go to work with my dad when he was there for, you know, hours and hours a day. So, um, you know, what I, what I maybe thought was an inconvenience when I was younger or um, something that, that stopped me from, from doing what I wanted um, really turned into me understanding that that time was with my family was something that, that, that I wouldn't ever get again in the same way. And, uh, you know, I definitely, opening up my own school, I definitely wanted to have more balance in my life about the, the time spent focused on the business. Um, but at a certain point, you have, to, uh, you have to focus on the business and build it, right? So you can't always have that perfect balance where you have your work time and your, and your time at home with your family. And I think running a business, you have to make the, the hard decisions sometimes to, uh, to focus on that instead of uh, going going out to eat with your friends or going on vacation. So yeah, I, uh, I I agree with Michael. You know that's that's something that I wanted, but now um, doing it myself, I kind of I kind of understand the importance of having your attention and focus on it when when you need to. How did you How did you um How did your wife come on board with you on that? How did that discussion go? So you could you know. Because I know the ins and outs of, you know, you know, I've been doing this for this is my 33, 33 years now or something to that effect of having a school. And I know that, you know, I tell everybody that, you know, you, you can you your studio can become your wife if you're not careful. You know what I mean? And uh, where you spend your time. So how, how did you guys manage that as a young couple? How, how are you managing that now? How can you help somebody else that's in a young a young couple with that? Well, one thing that has been, um, you know, beneficial to me in some ways is that my, my school is not in the town that I live in. So I have to travel to it and dedicate a block of time no matter what. And, uh, you know, there's always things that I can do when I'm not there in the school, but it's, uh, you know, driving to, to Richmond Hill to go teach. There is a little bit of a separation because I won't just go, you know, into the karate school to handle stuff on online or print stuff out. That's all stuff that has to be done, you know, at my house or at the school in Statesboro. So that's helped me with a little bit of separation. Um, but, you know, as even when my wife and I were dating, I was spending a lot of time teaching and I was, I was spending a lot of time on the mat. So she kind of came in, into our relationship, understanding what my structure and my schedule was. And, uh, you know, she's been great. She doesn't uh, complain too, too much about me getting home at, you know, 11, 12 o'clock most of the week. And uh, she, she's kind of changed her schedule to deal with it. But it definitely um, it definitely put stress on our relationship after we were first married because we, we went on our honeymoon. And when we came back, it was like right back into work mode. We didn't get um, the same amount of time together. So we, we really have to... Uh, we have to structure our schedules almost to make sure that we are able to spend the right amount of time together. 
but uh you know she she's been a champ dealing with it so far she uh she hasn't given me too much about it that's good well i think that's an it's definitely something that's important i, I any anytime i speak to anybody opening up a school that's the first thing i said we're not having a meeting list if you're married your wife has to be at the meeting so so she can hear what i have to say as far as what's the sacrifices of what's going to happen so um tj uh you're asking if the connection issues are good. I, we're pretty clear here, TJ. It must be something on your end, uh, just to let you know. But so when, how tough are you on your your own students? Do you find yourself being uh, emulating us at all? Or do you find that you found a different way that you feel works? You know, you're, you're a little bit, I don't know, you, you remind me a little bit of... Uh, of Mike a little bit. You're a little more laid back. You know what I mean? And you know, Mikey, you know how he is. He just, you know, he's, you know, I'm just chilling dad and it's all good. You know what I mean? So, uh, is that something that's just been naturally in your personality? Have you seen it work? And how do your students respond to your, to your dad when, when he's there or, you know, I don't know. They don't know much about me. I haven't been to the school ever to do a, like a, a seminar at your school. So, what is what is their perception of your students' perceptions of what's going on? Uh, I try to you know take it on a student by student basis because there all of these all of these kids and, and and even the adults they all have different personality types and something that um, you know I I had a hard time with when I first started teaching when I first started you know you come in and you try to um, almost almost force everybody to fall in line because you're trying to, you know, claim your authority. And I, I had an issue with that. You know, I shut down students. There were plenty of times where, I, you know, I, I made people mad and, um, you know, almost drove them away from the martial arts because I didn't respond right. But I think you, you have to have that, um, that strict enforcement on the mat a lot of the times, especially in the kids' classes. Um, so I, I try to kind of judge their personality type um, and usually after they've been on the mat for a little while, I know exactly how I'm supposed to deal with them to kind of get the right response. But um, I, I feel like you have to you have to be strict when it comes to certain things in the martial arts, because you, you don't really get to pass on the knowledge without, you know, the basics being right or without their their mindset being right when they're receiving that information. Um, so I've tried to be as balanced as possible in my approach. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. Sometimes I, I come on too strong, but I, I've picked up a lot of, uh, you know, the, the stuff that I've heard on the mat, even the mannerisms from, from you, my father and from other instructors. So I'd say my, my personality is definitely a little bit more laid back, but on the mat, it's different because, uh, you know, I have a responsibility to make sure that they get the most out of each class. And I feel like, uh, I can't let my personality get in the way of that. Well, let's talk about your leadership now. So where are you in, in your school now? You're producing black belts. Are you producing black belts that are, are under you now that are actually working at the studio? What's your leadership looking like now? I've went from school owner to instructor to the leader producing black belts. And because I tell all I, I tell all school owners, you should be developing every black belt into a leader and into an instructor of some sort that's where they should be that's that's how you're going to maintain them and that's how their real growth is going to be is to be that that force to be reckoned with 
on the mat because it sharpens their skills. I'm sure you'll agree that 90% of what you'll retain 90% of what you teach. You start teaching things and all of a sudden things become easier and they become, uh, you remember them and they're not. And this is the next step of being a black belt, but it is the next step of being a leader. So tell me about your leadership and what you're doing now to, to bring others up underneath you and help them to be teachers. How's that look? Well, I always, uh, I always try to communicate to my students that if you are able to step in and, and teach a technique or um, even if you're just helping in class and you're explaining something to a lower rank, it helps you understand the concept in a different way. So I feel like you can never really, um, you can never really understand the intricate details of a lot of these techniques and movements without teaching it because it forces you to break it down differently. Uh, so I, I always am encouraging my higher ranking students to assist, but I think, uh, I'm not sure if you do this in your school. I know you do the count offs for black belt testing, but when we, when we get to black belt testing in our school, um, you know, we, we make them teach a certain amount of classes or assist in a certain amount of classes to make sure that they have experience giving back and, and time put out on the mat. Not all of the, uh, the students have the personality that likes to be out there in the front uh, teaching class, but I think it's important for them to, uh, to have that experience, even if it makes them uncomfortable. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you almost have to be uncomfortable to grow sometimes. And I've seen, you know, for instance, I have a, a black belt that teaches for me. Her name's Alexis and uh, she, she's very shy and that, that's just her personality. She's, she's not loud and outspoken unless she's comfortable around you, comfortable in the situation. But I've seen her recently just go from somebody who almost was apologizing for teaching on the mat, you know, didn't want to be the forefront of attention to now mm -hmm. she's uh, loud and able to run a group. And she hasn't, she hasn't been instructing for very long. So it's, it's cool to see that transformation. Uh, I've had Chris Bolin working with me a lot in my school. And at first, you know, Chris was, uh, Chris doesn't have the personality where he likes to be loud. He's, he's very soft-spoken and it, it took him a long time to come to terms with uh, having to raise his voice and, and um, use vocal inflection to get control of the class. But, uh, you know, just seeing the confidence grow from that and uh, seeing the, the difference in how he can communicate information when he's running class that way now uh, has been really cool. Um, I, I have two adult black belts uh, that, that do teach for me. And uh, the rest of my black belts are juniors. So they assist on the mat, but they don't ever run class, the whole class. And uh, they, they've all been doing a great job. I think they've been assisting since they were green belts. Um, all of them have. And, you know, I think that uh, it, it's really important to have to teach when you're a black belt because it gives you something to, I don't know, it makes you hungry again. You start to mm -hmm. realize understand everything as well as you thought you did you know the muscle memory is not enough anymore and so i think that uh it, it's just valuable as a martial artist to communicate these skills i agree so you're really good good analogies there listening to to your your verbiage and being i speak about this all the time you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and that's not just on teaching now that's in the martial arts period and you're if you're doing jujitsu and you are you are wrapped up and and you feel claustrophobic and someone's on top of you and 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 you you have to weather a storm and you have to figure out and you have to un you know you have to figure out this puzzle and how am I going to get out? This is the same type of things in leadership. Period. 
whether they do it in front of a whole class, they do it one-on-one. And when you have to be in an uncomfortable situation, you got to start being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that's going to lead to, uh, when you, when you going to, I, I tell the students this quite often, uh, winning is special. Okay. It's, it's not an everyday thing and you're not going to win every day. You're not going to win teaching every day. and You're not going to win in your martial arts every day. Your growth comes from failure. Your, your spirit to continue comes from your wins because you got to have some wins if you want to continue, right? You can't right. just fail every single day, every single day and not have a win here and there. I don't really care what the win is. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I, I broke a board today and I haven't been able to do that ever that type of thing. So building confidence and having self-confidence, standing tall and looking, looking straight ahead, all these little things that we teach kids. This is a really good analogy of what you, what you put out there. So I'm pretty stoked on listening to how your leadership is developing and you're not a father yet. Now you you have a whole new ball game coming when you become a dad, because I remember I was about your age, but I was a knothead at your age at 26. I was, you know, I was on my own and stuff like that, but I didn't really, I'm kind of, you know, in between what I'm trying to do with my life and stuff like that. And, and the school comes along and I was forced, right. It was either I got laid off from something. And if I, it's, it's either I had to go find a job or I had to go find a life, you know what I mean? And so I went and chose life. Right. And went after this martial arts school thing and I needed a coach and I needed to a mentor that's going to help me six months into it. I, I talk about this quite often. So as a leader, I'm listening to what you're having to say, uh, putting people in uncomfortable situations and, and bringing them out of their shell has, is there's nothing better than that. As far as martial arts goes, you're going to see, you're going to see that pay dividends in the, in the future on what you're doing. So Dan, I think that's a really good analogy. I'm glad to hear, hear what you're saying. Now we've been dropping leadership stuff. You've been watching us for a long time on, on how to run a school. Yes, sir. And there's some stuff that we, you know, we don't hit out of the park. I still don't hit it out of the park sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, it's a hard, uh, it's, it's a hard thing being, but I won't waver on. Here's the thing. It's hard. It's hard to make the right decisions sometimes, but I will not waver on what I'm my compromise, my values, I guess, what I'm more like on what I'm saying. Right. This is the values I have. This is why I'm not. Um, Michael's a little bit better at, you know, the hey, that was great. And this is stuff. And uh, this is somewhere that I lack myself personally. Right. I'm not a big pat on the back guy all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm on your, I mean, you know me, I'm on your ass pretty much uh, all the time. And I, because that's how I respond. That's how I, you know, Mike jujitsu coach, oh man, he's whooping my ass every freaking week, bro. And, you know, and I just like it. I thrive on that. That's how I thrive. Now, not everybody's like me. Okay. And I get that. And uh, when it comes to uh, females, you know, there's a little bit, you know, there's, you know, you have to have some kind of, uh, uh, you, you know, separation on so they don't feel uncomfortable on the mat because they, you know, because of trauma and stuff like that. So let's talk about now. Let me ask you this. Did you have any bullying yourself coming up? Or was that not prevalent in your life? And how are you dealing with that with your youngsters in 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 for yourself? 
Um, I, you know, I, I definitely had issues with, with kids trying to pick on me, but it was never, um, at least most of the time, it wasn't physical altercations. Uh, of course, there were, there were some outliers here and there, but I never, uh, I never felt like I was physically unsafe in any situation. And I guess, like, you know, the, the confidence that martial arts brings you really does a lot more than I think most people give it credit for. The way you carry yourself um, can can be the difference in somebody targeting you as a victim um, and, and not doing that, right? So I think that being able to carry myself a certain way kind of prevented me from um, giving into situations where I, I would have been uh, physically threatened by other people. But I've only had to use my martial arts outside of the school uh, two or three times, and it was uh, never a situation where I felt uncomfortable. Um, and I, I feel like the most uh, most of the issues I had when I was coming up was was verbal, and you know I, I usually started them most of the time, so it was it wasn't <laughs> me, uh, me getting bullied. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's definitely uh, that definitely is, is I've heard that quite a bit, as a matter of fact. So tell me about your students. How many come in saying that? Hey, how many coming in saying they're bullied or how many do you think are? And I'm going to give you a little story about what just happened in our school. Give me a, give me some examples of what your what the normal student at your school is coming in. Are they are they looking at bullying? Do they are they have lack self confidence? Are the parents what what? Tell me what's going on in your school. So um, you know the the school system in Bryan County is actually they're they're pretty good. Um, we've had a lot more bullying issues in our Statesboro school than I have in Richmond Hill. But mm -hmm. uh, the, the issues that we've had in Richmond Hill get taken a little bit farther sometimes, like they're almost ongoing. So there has been a certain situations where. You know, they, they've had issues with the same kid over and over and over again. And, you know, they I, I, I always try to get them to avoid the fight for obvious reasons. I don't want them to, you know, get, get in trouble and get kicked out of school. But at a certain point, you know, you can't just uh, you can't you can't just run away from it. And I feel like that line is hard to find uh, for for anyone in that situation. But at the end of the day, if you feel, if you feel threatened, if you feel like you're in danger, you have a right to protect yourself, regardless of what the school is going to do, regardless of what the, uh, the other person's parents are going to think. And I feel like mo most parents, uh, that, that have a good head on their shoulders, want their kids to come home safe instead of, uh, worrying about if they're going to get in trouble, if they're, if they're really in a dangerous situation. And I've, uh, I've never had any issues where I felt like my students uh, couldn't get past it. Um, most of the issues that have happened to the students in my school, they dealt with um, maybe in one situation and it was resolved after that. But I think that uh, most of the time, what I've noticed in uh, even students that have trained a long time is there is a, they don't want to engage even if they are put in that situation. Um, I have one student specifically, he was, uh, he was being bullied over and over again by this kid at school. And he would not do anything about it because he didn't want to hurt the kid. He knew that he could defend himself and stop him, but he felt like it was, he was going to hurt the kid and that was doing wrong. Um, so it's interesting to see how uh, the kids and even, even the younger adults think about stuff like that. But um, I've never had a student come to me feeling like, you know, they, they got into an altercation and they felt like they couldn't defend themselves. And I really mm -hmm. think that, how how you enter that situation your your mindset going into it is a big part of it so i always i drill that in from day one you know how, how you should be carrying yourself 
regardless of if, if you're in danger or not. You know, you need to be aware at all times. You need to re- respond a certain way under pressure. And we all have a natural inclination to freeze or run away when, when things get tough. But I feel like you have to you have to fight against that if you're really going to overcome uh, whatever the pressure is, whatever the situation is, if somebody's bullying you. That's good. That's yeah, I'm smiling because I'm listening I'm listening to you and I, I can hear what you've heard over the map for so so long. You know, your your uh, leadership skills are are definitely uh, on point for sure. Thanks, sir. Are, I the reason I ask about this, Dan, because even even today, I yeah, and I'm sure now being a school owner, you feel like, gosh, I wish I could just be there for them. Just let me walk campus with you one time and you watch what happens, right? I, I've, this has happened to me countless times and I've walked and I've been to a campus too. I've done exactly what I'm talking about where he's, he's so, you know, and I take him on campus I'm tattooed up and I'm big dude and I'm walking him into school and that gives him the confidence to have his head up high. Then that's what I've done. I've done that several times. As a matter of fact, it's kind of like bikers, you know, taking the, the bullied kid to school, you know, and walking <laughs> him in the same thing. Right. But I just had this on the mat last week and we had a young, uh, he's young, he's 15. And so, and I can tell, um, he's just heads down a little bit and he's probably not in the shape that he really wants to be and his head's down and he's trying hard in class and he's not really, he doesn't talk a lot, but he's, you know, he's trying to put his head down and working. And afterwards I talked, uh, I, I very much talk about what it looks like to have some confidence in yourself and how to walk and how to carry your weight. Don't put your hands in your pocket. Don't look down. Uh, you know, losers look down, winners look up. You know what I mean? Keep your head up, keep your head on the swivel, look around. Okay. And smile when you need to smile and don't smile when you don't need to smile. Let people know that, you know, you're here and you're, uh, your voice and your self-image is, is something to be reckoned with. And, you know, and I'm going to be polite when I'm going to be polite. And if you're going to go to another direction, I'm not going to be that as polite. And I watched this young kid listen to me speak. And I'm talking about how to hold your head up high, be proud of yourself and don't let what others, you know, say. And I've told him my story. You know, I was told, I don't know how many times that I would never have a school. I don't have the temperament to have a school. I I was told this when I first opened up my school. And it just drove me to make sure that I do it. And it drove me so much that I said, not only am I going to have a school, everybody that doubted me are going to come to me for advice one day. And that's exactly what happened. But afterwards, he spoke to uh, one of my other instructors. He was speaking to, um, I want to see if it was Dickie or, or, or even Mikey, one of the two. And, uh, he just said everything he said. I, I do exactly that. I walk around my hands in my pocket. My face is down, you know, and it's just I'm trying to hide. So I just don't, I, you know, I don't bring uh, any more upon myself than I'm already having to handle. And it's so hard to hear. Right. Uh, high school was a brutal thing. My, my kids all hated high school. I wasn't a big high school fan myself, even though I played football and stuff like that. But uh, it was so listening to him speak and, and this is just something that they don't have. How many teenagers do you have in your school right now? This is something I'm trying to push to get people to get our young teenagers, the 12 to 15 and stuff into a school. How many of these guys you have uh, in your school 
And are you making any difference in it, whether it's Statesboro or your or the other one, Richmond Hill? Mm-hmm. We, we have a good bit of teenagers. I think, you know, it's interesting. Usually what I would expect is most people that are, um, you know, at least 15, 16 years old would want to go into the Krav Maga program or, or something similar. So it's like straightforward self-defense. They don't have to learn the art. But, you know, what I've noticed is that these these younger kids, they really uh, pour themselves into martial arts in a different way. And I don't know if it's just the, the state that they're at where they need, need that kind of structure. But, you know, I have one kid specifically in my Richmond Hill school, and um, he, he came to me and he already knew, you know, first day in the door that he wanted to be an MMA fighter. He's one of those that has been training at his at his house on his own, learning from videos and, um, you know, just just 100 percent in from day one. And I, I see that more in the teenagers than I do from any other age group. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because they have all that that excess energy and, and, and once it gets directed to something, they're all in. But I, I've noticed that um, the, the teenagers, uh, they, they get more from it than even the adults do sometimes. I think that in that stage of your life, that's when you're like the most um, unconfident in yourself and uh, you're the most confused and distracted by everything going on. So I feel like it's a really good place to channel all of that. And uh, I think it, 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 benefits, it benefited me when I was a teenager to not, um, you know, let my head take over. I had so many of my friends that had issues with depression and anxiety and um, just just dealing with the everyday stresses of life. But I feel like when you have the stressor of getting hit in the face, um, some of those things don't seem quite as daunting. And I think that's, a, you know, it's a really valuable part of martial arts. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed listening to to what you talk about here as far as, uh, you know, well-rounded. You're going to be able to have well-rounded students when you when you keep the same mindset that you have. So we talked about dad a lot, but look, I want to talk about mom a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm close to your mom and I love, you know, I've, I've always loved training her and you know, she's a Chatsworth black belt. Let's just, let's right. just, yes, sir. Sure <laughs> she's a Chatsworth master. I'm going to make sure Clay Pearson knows that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I want to know what the difference is. What did you see in mom? You, you know, your mom's always been kind of a silent warrior and people, I don't even know if people really know that she got a black belt in Krav Maga on top of her master's ranks in, uh, in her Tonsudo. And then I believe she's holding rank now. I don't know where she's at in it, but where she, her ranking in her Eskrima sticks, she has a love for that. And I remember first teaching her sticks cause I've always had a kind of a love for it, but she took it to the next level. And, uh, so I was wondering where you see, what did you get from your mom in the martial arts? Well, you know, I, I obviously got the combat side from my father, uh, but the, the art side I got from my mother and just seeing, um, you know, watching her do, do the forms and, and weapons and seeing like the, the beauty in martial arts and uh, how, how you can into it in a different way instead of instead of doing, you know, go, go, go intensity. There's almost like I almost see uh, weapons and, and kata as like a moving meditation, you know, tra- you're training your body and your mind at the same time. And, you know, she, she definitely uh, embodied, I would say, like the, uh, the, the softer side of martial arts for me and helped me to enjoy um, learning and picking up new weapons and new arts 
because she was always the one that was going out and, and seeking, um, you know, information from other places, you know, when it, it, whether it was Kane or, or Stick, um, she would find a specific focus of interest and then pull it into our school, pull it into our system. And, it, you know, of course, it was because she wanted to learn it. But uh, I think that she helped us be a lot more well-rounded well in that sense. And she's she's the one out of all of us that has the most black belts. She has, I think, she has a black belt in Krav Maga. She has a black belt in Kyoshi Jitsu. She has a black belt in Tongsudo, and then she has her black belt in the uh, modern Arnie. So she has four different black belts, and uh, more more than anybody else in my family. And it's not because uh, she's hungry for the achievement of it. She just genuinely loves the learning process. Uh, so she's definitely communicated that to me, and it's really cool to get to um, to get to do it with her especially through the, through the Arnie's, through the stick art, because I feel like, you know, I'm starting over again uh, from white belt level and my mom's getting to teach me again from white belt level and build me up. Uh, so, and I, I've always had that experience with, with my mom specifically through weapons. Um, she's the one that helped me love weapons and, and love the, the beauty and the forms. Um, as a kid, I didn't appreciate it quite the same way, but I almost think it, it's more valuable now than um, other basics just because you, you get so much from, from just learning the kata. Right. Exactly true. Yes. I, I've watched your mom um, really kind of blossom into her own. She's – and when you say she's achieved more black belts than everybody else, she's a perfect example of somebody that just does the work. And along the, along the stops – you earn a, you earn belts, right? And you do the work and you just earn these belts. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, the work, all the work put in, uh, gives you, uh, you know, another black belt. She never talks about it. Um, she, you know, she fighting, of course, is her favorite thing on the planet. <laughs> Not really. Only um, because her nose. <laughs> I think one of the only funniest ones is when, her dad was alive and I was sparring her. I don't know if you remember that man, but grandpa was not having it. Man. <laughs> okay. It was funny. He's not having it. Man. He's, He's so, ready to get in there himself. Yeah. Huh? He was so pissed off at me. <laughs> um, that was funny. Um, but she's been, uh, she's been something to, to watch. You know, I, I'm super close to mom. You know, I've always kind of check in on her, but she's also got this spirit about her that is, uh, just, just, somebody that just wants to help other people all the time. So tell me what you've learned from her, because she's the one that does most of the teaching, I think for special needs. Right. Have, so tell yeah. me what you learned from that, from her in that. And do you follow that at all in your own school for special needs? Um, you know, we, we don't have a special needs program in our Richmond Hill school. It's usually on a student by student basis. Um, but you know, my mom has, has definitely shown me through, through working with special kicks programs, that uh, no matter where you're at, you're capable of, of growth and capable of learning in martial arts. And it doesn't matter if, uh, if you can throw a kick the same way as somebody else. It doesn't matter if um, you, you're quite as strong as the guy next to you on the mat. I think that there, there's something there for everyone. And what, what I've noticed is that the, the kids in the special kicks programs, they, uh, they, they get so much from it you know, it, it benefits their life in a different way. And I think that, uh, you know, she, she's definitely put in me the desire to, to do that in other people's lives because, you know, seeing, you know, her, her working with Ethan or some of these other kids in the school, 
all of these kids deserve a chance to to really achieve what they're capable of and you know whether it's school telling them that they can't do it or whether it's the doctor telling them they can't do it you need to you you need a way to to get past that right you got to you got to break out of that mindset because you can set those limitations around yourself and follow them but you're never going to be happy doing that and i think when you're pushed to to really see what you're capable of whether it's mentally or physically i think that uh it, it just helps you uh, as grow as a person and with with the special kicks program i really feel like sometimes the martial arts school is the only place they get that and uh i think you know we have a responsibility to to give them the opportunity to grow she does and she she took that head on you know she went to carson because you know of course he's the autistic whisperer you know what i mean he's his ability to work with the disabled is just i don't know it's just something special to see and i know that when she went down to see him and and learn from him special kicks and what what that looks like uh she just took that to the next level herself you know she has a unconditional uh love for other people and her love for other people and her love for martial arts and then it's combined to to watch like ethan do his thing was um just i mean that was awesome i mean i i it, it was it was just fun to watch and uh if you if you you got the best of both worlds there you know i think you have a little bit of your mom in you and you got the intensity from dad and it's just been a it's been a wonderful thing to watch uh uh how both your parents have you know taken you up into a, a good young guy that's uh developing other people other skills other leaders and so uh, i wanted to make sure we we put some time into uh, uh into talking about mom a little bit because yes, She's just one of those ones that are in the in the background doing her thing. I remember teaching her how to do the videos for black belt testing, and yep. you know what I mean. And she'd spend all that, uh, all that time with doing it. And she's like, "Why did I ever ask you to teach me this?" <laughs> I said, and "I said I totally get it." You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> What's TJ saying? He says this topic really touched my heart. I've had, I have a severely disabled special needs daughter that mom I call Daniel's mom as well has taken a major shine to you. You can definitely see the love she has for special children. That's true. There's there's no way that that you don't see that with your mom. So let's let's talk about uh, some other interests that you have. Well, we talked about your leadership and your martial arts and stuff like that. So see. What else do you have in the background? You know, you know, people think that we live and breathe only martial arts. And I tell everybody, I said, you'd be surprised to know that I played guitar for many years. And that's what, uh, you know, that was my outlet for a long time. I play uh, some, I played racquetball competitively and stuff like that. So give me some other stuff that Daniel does that, uh, you know, other than the martial arts. What else, why don't you give people uh I think uh, you you sing the same type of music my son sang, right? Your head banging. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so I guess uh, you know something that I've noticed is, is every, everybody with the, or at least in, in my opinion, everybody with the personality type to to go on the mat and teach and and really throw themselves into martial arts has a little bit of an obsessive personality. So I I find things that you know I'm new to that I don't know, and I pour myself into it and try to learn it. So. 
uh, you know, whether it's through music or, um, you know, wh whether it's a specific information about a certain topic. I, I find myself hyper-focused on things, you know, I have to have something that I can study intensely, no matter what's going on. And uh, music has definitely been one of my biggest passions outside of martial arts. I, I love playing music, I love listening to music. And uh, I, haven't, I haven't played since COVID. I haven't been playing anywhere except for a church. Um, and I, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely been something that I've missed. Um, but, you know, I have many other interests as well. I trade, uh, I've traded for an exchange currency market. I'm really into uh, cryptocurrency and NFTs and the, the technology that they're building. And uh, I, I just love, uh, I love learning and, and building myself, no matter what the subject is. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll find some, some interesting fact about, uh, you know, a, a specific uh, country and I'll go study that for hours and hours, you know, just because uh, I, I want to learn more about it. So I think that uh, martial arts ha has been that for me for, for my entire life, that outlet that I get to pour myself into. But I don't know, I feel like uh, I feel like I have to I have to take advantage of all of the information around us and uh, be able to build myself in, in different areas as well. So whether it's, you know, get learned, educating myself about uh, about politics, I just enjoy uh, like growing my mind and reading about new stuff. I knew that um, it, it is weird that it, it's funny how martial artists are, are there's a lot of martial artists that are kind of drawn to music anyway. You know what I mean? I don't not sure why that is. It's just one of those things that music and martial arts kind of kind of gel. It doesn't surprise me. I know one of my Krav got black belts. I'm not sure if you guys know this. He's the keyboard player for Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, and he's a great black belt. So he's here. Uh, you know, when he's not on tour, he's always here. And you just, it's not surprising to me. And when I ask, I don't know if, you know, even John Whitman, one of our instructors, he plays the banjo, believe it or not. And it's just one of those things uh, that, that martial artists have for some reason, but you touched on something. And I think this is what we'll, we'll end with it, which is really good. Uh, Cause I want young people to know something. I know that you got into listening to a lot of pad uh, podcasting, um, Look at this. Look at who's watching. Hi, Shondo. <laughs> um, what I want to hear, what we want to hit last is this. Okay, let me let me tell you where what I, I feel that everybody and I, I speak this all the time. So you and you're you're gonna listen to me on this too. You you you'll probably agree, but I believe that anytime you you do something in life, you need a good coach. All right, you coach coaching in, in whatever it is, right? So when we grew up, right, if we were gonna be uh a wrestler in high school or whatever we're going to do, we get a professional wrestling coach or we get private lessons in martial arts or we get guitar lessons and we have coaching and all that kind of oh. stuff. But let me tell you what an entrepreneurs and what school never taught anybody is how money works and how to build yourself. Cause I know that you've watched your father just like my sons watched me. Now we've been able to make money but we don't we've never been able to grow money because right. we didn't have a coach. I didn't have a financial coach. So listen to you talk about crypto and, and how to think about, you know, building wealth outside the martial arts school. You run a business. And part of that is how to save, how not to overspend and how to have a future. 
Are you guys in the midst of that? Because I know that Michael has watched. I have hounded him saying that, listen, if I were to just put 150, there was times that I had brand new cars at the tune of $1,200 a month in payments on, on, on a, on a, you can't, they're not even assets. They're just a depreciating whatever. Yes, and so all that money that I wasted over the years on having a brand new car, thinking I'm driving a Jaguar and think I'm all that in a bag of chips and not, nobody really cares, right? Nobody cares what I was driving and nobody even remembers what I was driving. I hardly remember. And I didn't take that money and invest in my future because if I did today at my age, I'd be in a whole different ball game. Now it doesn't mean I haven't made some other decisions or things come along, but let's talk about what you're doing as a young guy and how do you speak to other young people mm -hmm. like yourself that doesn't have a nine to five. So you don't have a 401k unless you made one yourself, right? You don't have an IRA unless you go and make one. What are you doing now that you have an entrepreneur and, and where do you find financial coaches? Cause I know that, I think it's, it's, I'm not sure if it's you or your brother that is also kind of likes to dabble in the stock market a little bit. Yes, sir. I, um, you know, it, it took me a while to get my head above water with, with the world of finance. Uh, there's a lot to take in a lot of information. And for me, you know, when I was, when I was growing up, you know, in school, I never learned about investing. I think we, we probably learned about the stock market and played a stock market game one time. But that was about it. I never learned how to uh, balance a checkbook or um, how to keep track of my finances. And so that was something that I had to really teach myself. And uh, in, investing to me di didn't make sense at first. Um, you know, finding stocks in the market, it just it just looked like gambling to me. And in a sense, you know, the market is is some somewhat structured gambling. And so you, you do have to understand the relationship of risk versus reward when you're making investments. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you can invest in that are stable, you know, you're buying shares of the Dow Jones index, uh, you know, historically over time has been the most stable investment. And, uh, you know, there's things like, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about cryptocurrency because I feel like it's a, it's a game changing technology, but, uh, you know, if you bought Bitcoin, even, even three years ago, then even now, while the crypto market is in a downturn period, you're, you're in profit. So I think that, you know, I looked at investment before when I was younger, at least as just somewhere to push your money and save it. But uh, I, I quickly came to understand when I started doing my own research and looking for coaches that you're finding ways to make your money work for you. And if your money is just sitting in a savings account, uh, let's say I I'm 26 years old. Right. If I if I have fifty thousand dollars sitting in a savings account and I leave it there for 10 years that that's still $50,000 at the end of that 10 year period. But the value of the money has gone down, right? Because inflation's mm -hmm. higher, you know, cost is higher. So you're essentially losing money, just putting it in savings and letting it sit there. And that's, that's when I realized that, you know, the risk that you take in the stock market, regardless of if you're, um, you know, making, making riskier investments in specific stocks or, uh, you know, you're investing in other other avenues like cryptocurrency or, or even trading it yourself and day trading. I feel like, um, you know, you you almost owe yourself the opportunity to grow your finances instead of just letting it sit there, because if not, it's just it's just wasting away. And I, I kind of feel like money, in a sense, doesn't 
it, it's not meant to just sit there and be piled up. It likes to be moved around, right? So I feel like when uh, when your focus goes to making your money work for you, um, you know, you'll you'll start to be presented with opportunities. You know, I feel like God mm-hmm. brings opportunities into your life um, when when you really make it a priority. And, you know, for myself, I, I paid for coaching to learn how to trade from, from multiple different places. And uh, I've been trading Forex now for about four years and uh, took me probably two and a half, three years to get consistently profitable where I wasn't just losing all my money. Um, but I, I learned and just like in martial arts, you start at the bottom. You know, I started in a fake account and I just practiced and I practiced every single day consistently. And eventually uh, that consistency does start to pay off a little bit. So I think, uh, you know, I, I, I was fortunate being so young, getting interested in finance that I could take a little bit more risk in, um, in what I was investing into. Uh, but I think, you know, whatever you invest in, you, ha- you have to understand that that money is being used for that purpose. You can't take it out if you need um, e- expenses met. And that's really the thing that I had the hardest time with. And I, you know, I still do um, being able to keep everything flowing and uh, and stable at the same time while you're running a business is difficult and i felt like uh, i couldn't i couldn't have done it with just my business and been as comfortable as i wanted to so i had to find other ways to to help myself at least um make money that i could that i could store and save and not use for business expenses or not use for travel or whatever but but use it to grow for my future and I think, uh, you know, the, the statistic that, that I hear is if you're 22 years old, 23 years old, and uh, you take $50,000 and put it into a, a account that is basically investing in the entire stock market, then you can just let it sit there. And by the time you're 60, it's going to turn into a million dollars and you don't have to do anything. It's just passive. That doesn't mean that it's going to grow overnight, but you keep investing into it. You keep uh, you you have a set amount every month that you invest into it and you just do it consistently and everything compounds. You know, compounding is uh, one of the one of the great wonders of the world. Once you build profit from an investment, if you can put it back into that investment and you trust it, then you're just going to grow how much that investment brings in. But I think, uh, you know, right now it's it's tricky because the economy is in such a tough position and I think everybody's trying to sell and, and get liquidity where, wherever they can. But you really have to, you know, understand that like during recession, during downturns, that's when people make money by by buying things and holding them for the future. Because, you know, regardless of where, you know, the, the stock market is right now or cryptocurrency is right now, you have to look to 10, 15, 20 years in the future if you're making an investment and you're not just trying to make quick cash. Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. And I think that that's the other, that, that's why I wanted to end on that because I know that you've even helped your own dad in, in this stuff. This is where you guys have kind of given back to something that we lacked in. And this is all part of martial arts, just so you know, and self-defense. Self-defense just isn't just about punching and kicking. It's about um, having, you know, having, having your finances in order, having, uh, you know, an order to, to your life and, and what it looks like. I think that all, I think that's what, what martial arts is in, in general. It's not just Don't a punch and kick. Right. And so I think that it, it's, it's fun to watch you guys. Cause you, you're martial artists guys. You you're as far as your martial arts goes, you're off the chain. And, and one of the reasons is because you've got to get our 40 years of experience and I've got to push all that into Michael. 
right? So remember, I, I was just doing Tong Sudo, and it took me how many years to do it? And then I went to Hop Keto, and it took me another so many years to do that. And then, uh, you know, then Jiu-Jitsu and Krav Maga, 20 years into Krav Maga. Well, you guys get all these years, this 40 years I get to put into you from all the stuff that I've already done. So naturally, you guys are going to be way better than, than, uh, than we were. Right. It doesn't surprise me that you're going to be far superior martial artists because we've got to go and just imagine what you, what your students are going to be, because you're going to get to the stuff that you're learning in your in your cycle and you get to add or subtract or do whatever you're going to do. But then the second component is, you know, self-esteem, self-worth. Uh, do you prepare for the future? This is all self-defense related. OK, it's not because when we get hit in the face, you know, the physical thing. We can get through that. Our, our bloody lip and some stitches will become taken out. But if you get hit with a pandemic and you don't have anything in the in the gas tank, uh, then your life is upside down, and and then you really are weathering a storm. That stuff is hard, really hard to to contend with or think about. So I think I would encourage you to build that into to what you do. You speak about that to your to, hey, hey, guys, listen, I know I'm young and I don't have a family yet, but, you you know, this there's more to self-defense than just punching and kicking. Make sure you have your your finances in way. Make sure your relationships are are on point. This is all about what a martial arts school can bring to the table. Super proud of listening to everything you had to say today. It was uh, it was a good segue. It was good for me to hear uh, what you got out of it, what you things that you've you've taken uh, from what we've given you over the years and looking forward to seeing what it looks like as you progress in your life, because, you know, you got another stages that are coming, you know, and yes. knowing that you have a close relationship with your dad and, and your mom, you've lost some really good uh, other mentors. Uh, you know, you've had to deal with loss. Loss sucks, dude. It, there's nothing good about it. Even every time I come to your school, it's a, it's a hard feeling sitting at black belt testings, you know, not having Jack sitting next to me, making fun of your dad. Uh, I miss that. Or Tony coming in late where I can, you know, give him a hard time. Uh, these these relationships that I've got to, to be part of the family out there has been uh, it's been priceless. It's been good. So I've enjoyed having this time with you. I hope you uh, enjoyed the same thing, man. Yeah, I had a, I had a blast today talking to you. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm thankful for uh, all your input in my life and in, in the art and uh, you know, we wouldn't be here without you, sir. And we've had a lot of great instructors influence us. Um, but, you know, you're you're the one that started it all for us. And so, uh, you know, we just got to give you credit for that. We've got to give you the uh, the right amount of love for it, sir, because uh, we wouldn't be here without you. Yeah, I appreciate that, guys. And you've taken it to a good level. Um, it, it looks... Uh, uh, when one of Humphrey's uh, kids are on and listen, I loved your dad, by the way, uh, him and I had such a fun time. Uh, we miss him so much. Uh, last time I was there, it felt so empty not to have him next to me. Cause I would cut up with him so much. We just had a really fun time. As a matter of fact, I think we were, I don't know. Last time I think we were making fun of your dad. As a matter of fact, I don't know what we were, you know, I'm sure we were doing that, but. I knew uh, I knew Tony for pretty much my entire life. He was always around uh, ever since the the days in Brooklyn. He was a uh, great inspiration, great role model. So CJ, you, you had a great father, man. Appreciative that he was part of our lives. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we've definitely uh, experienced some of the the sadness part of it. That's the other thing about martial arts. I tell everybody, man, the, the, you're so impacted into everybody else's life that all of a sudden there's funerals, and then there's like this is how. Matter of fact, this is how I came to your mom and dad because they lost baby, and uh, the school just kind of you know they lost your brother. I remember that was like yesterday, man. You're just devastated, right? And then the martial arts school just kind of comes and wraps our arms around you and, 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 and away we go. And then look, you know, look where, look what it's produced today. I mean, it's, it's just kind of awesome when you get, when you sit back and really look at it, when you're in the midst of everything, you really never know what you're growing to the outside, you know, but it's been good, man. I I've enjoyed my hour with you, man. I'm gonna let you go. Cause I got a busy day. And, uh, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this, if you go to my website at markcox.com, You'll get the audio portions of this. I'll do the editing a little bit later today. It'll be up on on my audio portion, so people, to, you know, they can go to the. Uh, if you go to at Real Talk with Mark Cox on YouTube, all these videos are on YouTube also. And and if you would, anybody that goes to YouTube, if you can get your guys to subscribe for me, um, that would be great. If you guys subscribe to the audio talks from Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you guys use. Whenever we get, it's it's weird algorithm, you know, they don't go by how many downloads you get. They go by how many subscribers you have, you know, the more subscribers you have, the better your, your, your cast is, you know? And so I encourage you guys, if you're listening and enjoyed it, we had quite a few listeners. We had no less than 25, 30 people listening at it today. It's, it's, I've been watching the numbers, so it's been, it's been good. So if you guys would go, uh, subscribe, if you would, you can go, I'll have the audio up today and then you can share it with all your uh, family and friends. If, your mom's listening. I'm sure she's listening today. She hasn't she hasn't chimed in because she doesn't like being talked about. Because if she does <laughs> chime in, I'm going to talk about her some more. But I'm pretty sure that's why your dad's off in Germany. So I don't even know what time it is out there. But yeah, I think it's, it's uh, about six if he's not listening to if he's not. Yeah, because if he's not listening, you know, I'm going to I'm going to tell him this is only your son live. <laughs> and I don't care what time it is. You know, I'm going to give it to him. So all right, man. It was. <laughs> this is what I do, man. <laughs> All right, man. I'll let you go, dude. Have an awesome day, and uh, we'll we'll talk some more. All right. Thanks, sir. Right. Much love to you and your family. All right. See you, Daniel. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.